0: Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. I'm going to go away more often. (laughs) You guys make God feel good. Um, Man, it is good to be back together. I got up this morning and was on my way to church, and just... Uh, knowing that there's something special about uh, the community of believers being a part of a community with people you know and who you've grown to love and who love you and worshiping together and having having that in common and so i've been uh, I've been looking forward to this I've uh, been traveling for a few weeks those of you who have been away with me uh, been on a missions trip visiting with some of our partners and I'll share a few things about that as a uh, as uh, As we go along, but we've jumped into a new series, and uh, Britt kicked it off a few weeks ago, and then Tom picked it up last week. And today we're going to round out chapter one of the Book of Philippians, which we've been talking about this idea of beyond Happy. And I'll be honest with you, behind the scenes uh, over the past month or two, we were wrestling with what do we call the series and uh, how are we going to frame it and Uh, the, the book of Philippians deals with the topic of joy over and over and over again. You'll hear that word a lot. But we decided to call it this beyond happy because happiness for most of us is related to our circumstances. Like I'm happy if things are happy. Like if things are good, I'm happy but there's something that is beyond happy that we're all striving towards right something that that goes beyond good circumstances and that's what paul is getting to he he wants us to live this christian life with something that is more enduring than simple happiness over good circumstances and so in the last few verses of chapter 1 it's something of a summary he 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 sort of he sort of says let me give you the big idea in one nutshell i just want you to i want you to get this and and that's where we that's where we pick up and in fact in chapter 1 verse 27 he starts it this way he says above all so listen just Take everything else and let me put it together in this phrase. Above all, this one thing. And then he says what maybe we didn't expect. You must live as citizens of heaven. You must live as, above all, I want you to live as citizens of heaven. Now, now, here's what's so interesting about this phrase is that Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and Philippi is in, is in Greece. But, but what's unique about Philippi is about 100 years before this was written, Philippi had been reorganized as a Roman colony, right? So they're a, they're a Roman colony in the middle of, a, of, of Greece, of a, of a Greek place, and, and they took great, great pride in their nationality as Roman citizens because Rome was the the world's superpower. It was a place everybody, if you had Roman citizenship, you were all set. In fact, Paul relies on his Roman citizenship on a number of occasions just to remind people because it gave him certain rights and privileges. And so to these people, he says, act as citizens of heaven like he's 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 calling on their notion of citizenship their pride in their country and now maybe you can relate to this because i can because i love america i i got like i went to a party the other night in our neighborhood and we were meeting everybody and they're like oh what house do you live at and one of them said oh you're the house with the big american flag yes i am yes i am that's proud that's (laughs) wasn't expecting an applause for that but there you go um and so when I go overseas, one of the things that I'm always struck by, especially in the developing world, and if you haven't, if you haven't been there, then you, you, you owe it to yourself. People love America. Like when I'm traveling in the developing world, and we were in Southeast Asia, we were in Thailand, and then in, in the Philippines, people love. And on a number of occasions, I would meet people who would strike up a conversation. Many times they're striking up a conversation because they're learning English and they see you and they think, oh, that's an English speaker. I wanna, I wanna learn to speak English. And so they, they wanna strike up. But I had a number of times people said to me, oh, I love America. I'm like, really? Like Just like out of the blue, random stranger. I love America. And I would say to them, I'm like, oh, have you ever been there? no. We were, in a, we were in a cab, and I said, well, if you were to visit, like, where, where, would, where would you, what city would you want to visit? And, oh, New York City. I'm like, ah, chump city. You'll get, you'll, get, you know, you'll get mugged there. You should go to Boston. <laughs> much, much better. Queen of cities, better sports teams, all that stuff. All right. Now, here's the reality. I'm, I'm not there as an American citizen. I'm there as a citizen of heaven. I'm there to introduce them, not to the Jesus of America. I'm there to introduce them to the Jesus of the Bible. I'm there as a citizen of heaven, as much as I love my country and the benefits that I offer. Because when you walk around with an American passport, it carries with it the power and influence of your country. But that's not why I'm there. I'm there because I'm a citizen of a much, much greater country, heaven, his kingdom, yeah. And so this is what Paul says. Paul says, above all, live like citizens of heaven. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? Well, oh, that's open to conjecture. And so he says, let me explain it to you. In fact, I could, I could break this down into two uh, simple phrases, and that's what I'll do is to uh, act like, and let me, let me show you the first one. In verse 27, I'll go back and read the whole context. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Jesus Christ. Conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news Good news. Now, some of you have a translation of the Bible, and if you're reading along, it says gospel, worthy of the gospel. But the gospel is literally a, a word, a phrase that means good news. And, and, and good news helps us to get to the, the heart of it. Like, this is, like, you are here as a citizen of heaven. You carry with you the good news. Do not forget. Act like you have good news. This is at the heart of who you are. You have good news. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together in one spirit, and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. (laughs) So there's a juxtaposition. Fighting together, fighting for the faith enduring for the faith standing strong in the faith but then as if he wants to emphasize it again which is the good news so i just want to say it this way act like you want to you want to live above all live like a citizen of heaven act like you have good news like like what you're living for and what you are what you're delivering is is good it's just good see the essence of the essence of christianity is that we we take And we hold up this beautiful alternative to the brokenness of the world. And we say, look. Look at the good news of Jesus Christ. Look at the way of Jesus. Look at this. We hold up this alternative for all the world to see. And when they can see it juxtaposed against the brokenness of the world, they see the beauty and they're drawn to it. That's what we do as citizens of heaven. We hold up that beautiful alternative to the brokenness in the world around us. I, I've been to uh, Asia and Southeast Asia a number of times, and one of the things I've always covered, I, uh, I want to try and say this without like saying anything that sounds awkward or inappropriate. I love Chinese food in America. <laughs> All right, you're with me. Like, there is no such thing as General Sao's chicken overseas. That's like a complete American. They don't have crab rangoon. I mean, it's just, that's, that's like, that's, we made that up, and it's for us, and they don't import it over to there. And, and, and in many places, especially in countries like Thailand, um, and, and uh, when I was in China up near the North Korean border in the city of Dongdong, these seaside communities, much of the local food is, is seafood. Now, I don't. There are a lot of things in the ocean that are just weird and should not be eaten, but not everybody's gotten the message, so they serve it. There's just like, and you and and frankly, Cody and I were we were a couple days into the trip and we're like, wow, what I wouldn't do for a good burger. <laughs> I mean, just, I was, man, give, bring, bring it on. And we were we were in the village of Nam Ken where you saw the video from last week and. Our, our host, this missionary couple, Brooks and Sadie, they said, oh, we, we, w- we want to take you to our favorite restaurant. And we, we, uh, we drove with them. They picked us up in the van, and their whole family, there was like five kids and the two of them, and, and they had a pastor friend who was visiting with them, like me from the States, and, and Cody and I, and we're all driving. And honestly, we're driving through these, these like it's like you're driving through dirt roads and thatched, I mean, it's, it's like... It's like, there's a restaurant. I'm like, it, like where's the strip mall? Like, I'm, I'm thinking downtown Falmouth. There's, there's like nothing. And you, you pull into, and he pulls up to this place, and it's empty. Not a good sign. You know what I mean? Like, like where, <laughs> there's nobody else eating here. And our expectations were very, very low. And we were just like, be polite, be polite, be polite. We'll order room service when we get back to the hotel. And we sat down to eat and he said, oh, a friend of ours owns, owns this restaurant and, and, and everybody in the village loves it and people come here, it's the best restaurant and there's this guy over here who has a little smoothie bar and they make the greatest. And I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. And we're sitting there and we're like, and, but he kept going on and on and on and on. This is the best food. It's amazing. You're gonna love this. And honestly, it started working. I like started believing him. And then he ordered some stuff and it came and it looked like really, really good. Like maybe he's telling the truth. Like, what should I order? Because I don't trust myself. Oh, that would be good. And the other guy who was visiting said, I was here last night. And it was unbelievable. I had this, you should get this. And then he said, he said, we're gonna order like these, these, these smooth, smoothie drinks. And he came out and they brought, and, and, and the guy across from me got something and it was orange juice and coffee. I'm like, that's horrible. (laughs) And then I saw it. And I'm like, that's genius. I want one of those. I just like, I saw it. I'm like, there was like coffee on the bottom and orange juice on the top. or maybe it was reversed, but they weren't mixed. And it was like just sitting there like a, like, I don't know, like, like magic. And I'm like, I wanted one. And, and honestly, at the end of the trip, Cody and I were reflecting back and that that little open air hot place turned out to be the best meal we had the entire time it was unbelievable and all they had done is they just shared their enthusiasm like like this is this is amazing look at this and we were hungry and you put those two things together and magic happens and that's what i'm saying that, that that's this verse like listen just Listen, put the the food out there. Put the OJ coffee mixture out there. Let people see the beauty. Let them see the beauty of the good news lived out in your life. And hungry people will come and find it. Now here's when that's hard. That's hard. That's hard when people oppose you. And the more secular of a society we live in, the more you're gonna find people opposing you. And you're going to feel like people say, I hate your food. Your food doesn't belong here. And here's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to start a food fight. And Jesus didn't do that. The only people Jesus got into fights with were the religious people. And and it's possible for us to give up the way of Jesus so we can win a war for Jesus. And it doesn't work. Instead, what we do is we we, we offer this, this beautiful, gracious, patient, loving, enduring, gentle kindness of a beautiful alternative that is the good news. And you may have to fight for it. You may feel like everything in you is pushing the other way, but fight for it. It's good news. And when hungry people sit down at that table and they see how that spiritual food has transformed your life, every once in a while, they'll say, can I have some of that? I think I'd like to try that. And the process begins all over again. There's a couple more verses in this passage that I want to read to you. Verse 28 says, Don't be intimidated hmm, in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed but that you are going to be saved even by God himself (laughs) don't be intimidated so if Paul's giving us a second piece of advice on how to live as citizens of heaven he first says act like you have good news and then it's like he says act like you have nothing to be afraid of there's something about the power of a of a non-anxious presence someone who's not shaken they're not nervous it's like they know something you don't know they know what god can do and what god will do and and, and it's it's given in them and in immovable confidence. And, and that's what Paul is saying here. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. You ever, this time of year, this happens with somewhat regularity. You go to your, your favorite coffee shop, let's say Dunkin' or Starbucks, and you walk in, and there's a line, and it's three and a half miles long. You didn't, you, like, how do they fit that many people? You ever walk in and just see the line? Ah. Well, I rock right back out. I'm like, uh, unless, unless I, I planned ahead and I pulled out the app and I ordered, I ordered my favorite drink on the app, and it says they'll be ready in 15 minutes, so I assume 30 But I'm fine with that. It takes me 30 minutes to get a mile in the summer anyway, so (laughs) I just order before I leave. And then I walk in like a king. (laughs) (laughs) See that big line of people? Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, (laughs) excuse me. I believe my drink is ready over there, sir. People look at you like, hey, 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 get in line. No, 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 no. I know something you don't know. My drink's already ready. I think that's what Paul is saying here. He says, you know something they don't know. Act like it. Act like you've got nothing to be afraid of because God is at work in your life. Listen when you live out the christian life you will face opposition and paul is speaking directly to that the crowd will tell you get in line get in line this is the way of the world if you want to be accepted if you want to be our friend if you want to be popular if you want to be in get in line oh, no, 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 I don't have to get in line. I know something you don't know. I'm not being unkind, back to point one. I've got good news, but I don't have to get in line. I don't have to compromise my convictions to make a friend because here's what happens. When you compromise your convictions to make a friend, you'll end up with neither. No friends, no convictions. And there's something that is happening here. And Paul's saying, listen, don't don't allow your life to be twisted and conformed. When they say, get in line, get in line, get in line. There should be something about our lives that's different. I'm gonna camp out here for a minute. Just hold with me, okay? If I went to the people who know you and asked them, what's so-and-so like? Oh, they're amazing. They're amazing. Love them, love them. Anything different? No, no, they're just like me. Really? Just like me? Was was that our was that our goal to be just like everyone else? Now I'm I'm not, this is I know it's gonna get awkward, so just you don't have to amen or clap or elbow anybody or anything. You can just sit there and act like this for everybody else. This is for me. See, I grew, up, I grew up in fundamentalism. <laughs> we made stuff up just to be against it. I'm not kidding you. I, I worked with a nonprofit organization that said I couldn't have my hair parted in the middle. I'm not making up. Couldn't wear a pink shirt either. I wear pink shirts now just to annoy those people, even though they're not around anymore. Like we 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 were just fundamentals just made, oh your hair can't be like longer than like we just we just and 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 somewhere along the line we 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 would we we rightly rebelled against some of the silliness and nonsense of that. And somewhere along the line, we decided we just wanted to fit in and be liked and be like. Everyone else. But how in the world do we hold up a beautiful alternative if there's no difference at all? If we're no more patient, no more loving, no more gracious, no more kind. If we watch the same things, say the same things, do the same things, carry on our relationships in the same way, how in the world do they see the beautiful alternative that is the good news of Jesus Christ? My guess is that, 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 that some of you right now, you're in a season where you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to live this thing out and it just, it feels like a struggle. And sometimes, man, it can feel like living out your faith, providing this beautiful alternative that is Jesus Christ. It can just, it, it, can, it, it can feel like you're just fighting and struggling and suffering. And Paul, Paul's, not, Paul's not missing that. In fact, in verse 29, here's what he says. You've been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for Him. (laughs) I could skip that verse all my life and not be the privilege of suffering for Him. And Paul says this. Watch this. He says, "We are in." It's like he's writing a personal note. And if you're, if you're, man, if you're, you're struggling right now. You just feel like, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live this thing of the way of Jesus out, and it's just. Then Paul's writing this to you. He says in verse thirty, we. Are in this struggling together. You've seen my struggle in the past, and you know I'm still in the midst of it. <laughs> he says, it's not even over. It's not even over. If I could pull one other verse in with this, it just seems. Paul in another place wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. I love this. He said, that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. I just want to encourage you if you just find yourself in a season of struggling because you're following after the way of Jesus. If you're trying to live out the way of Jesus in your life and you feel like you're facing down opposition and heartache and disappointment, Paul is with you. if you feel like you've just waded through a season of suffering after a lifetime of faithfulness, Paul says, I'm with you. And Paul would say, where I am weak, where I go through hardship, where I struggle, where I endure insults, where I go through this suffering, there I am strong because the way of Jesus is to turn weaknesses into strengths and to take our struggle and our suffering that is done for him, for following the way of Jesus and to turn it into a strength in ways I could have never imagined. And Paul would say, I'm with you. I'm with you. Do not give up the way of Jesus. Don't give it up. Because there is where you will find the power. Of Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and Paul in this quick little passage is saying, listen, above all, Above all, live like citizens of heaven. Act like you have good news and nothing to be afraid of. Because it's true. It's all true. But I want to pray for the one who just may find themselves in a season of struggling. And you're just wondering, can I, can I go on? Can I endure? Where we are weak, he is strong. Father, my prayer is that you would come into this place into each heart, each soul that's struggling and wondering how they can go on. And you would remind them that in our weakness, you are strong. That we would not miss that. That you would give us a glimpse of your goodness, Father. Then, in the midst of a storm, we would just know your faithfulness endures forever. And we would walk with a newfound strength that could only be from you. We pray together. The church is a family. In the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen.